Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we welcome you into our Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. It's John Dickinson and Matt Steinmetz once again. And Steiny, as we record this, the eight-game homestand is in the books and the Warriors wind up losing to the Suns. Basically got blown out, made a run in the second half. But they got Steph Curry back. They had Andrew Wiggins back. Here's the way I put it on the, the postgame show. The Warriors had their top seven against the Suns. The Suns had one starter and basically the back half of their roster in Mikel Bridges. And, and, you know, no Chris Paul, no Booker, no Ayton, no Cam Johnson. Uh, really, the, the Suns just they didn't have their, their squad and they were able to get the Warriors down 27 and, and ultimately win. Uh, I, to me, I. Bad homestand, flat out, uh, as far as the, the five and three goes. And just, uh, I think, really one of the more alarming losses of the entire season, given the fact that the Warriors have been talking about how it's go time. And then they come out and they basically play as if all they thought they had to do was show up against a depleted Phoenix team. And and, and they got bit. Yeah. So last night, I'm uh, thinking about their homestand and they went five and three. And I figured, hey, what, would, what grade would you give it? And I'm giving it a D plus. A D sounds real. A D sounds too harsh for a five and three homestand. But when you start digging into the homestand, JD, there's a lot of troubling things that you see. And one is that if you take a look at the teams that they played on this homestand right now, seven of those teams are under 500. The only team plus 500 that they've played in the last eight was Memphis. So they went out and they beat Memphis on Christmas, the best team. Then they played seven straight games against 500-ish or worse teams. They went four and three. And in none of those games did they have a comfortable victory. Not only did they not have a comfortable victory, they're using their veterans in a way that they really haven't used them this early in past years. And so the question to me becomes, okay, they're 20 and 21, and we know what they did last year, and we know they have championship uh, pedigree, but that's no guarantee that it's going to happen this year. And in the meantime, you know, I keep telling people, they were, they were 30 and 11 at this point last year. So when you say, oh, don't forget, they had a tough stretch last year. Yes, they did. But it was after they had established themselves as either the best team in the league or the second best, let's say, in the Western Conference with Phoenix. So they had proven to themselves by now they could be good. And 
I don't think they have any clue right now if they, they can be good or not. No, I, and and again, I, I think last night against the Suns, it really is. I mean, that was the worst roster that they faced on the homestand, and it was the most complete that they were on the homestand. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot over the years, how seemingly for a team that's played as many big games together as this Warriors team has and as the big three has, anytime you, you take – pieces away and then you add pieces back it, it seemingly always takes them two or three games to get everybody in sync and the issue though that I have is that that shouldn't have mattered last night and I, I think you could even make the case that bringing Curry back for the game last night was yeah Curry was ready to play but I think it also right. was you know what maybe that is the game where he and others have to knock off the rust together but it's a home game against a team that's so depleted that even if it isn't perfect you can still win it, and and now and they can't even win that game. And so, to me, as this team looks to head on the road, under five hundred, and I'll tell you why I called it a bad homestand, it, because you started the homestand under five hundred, and you're going to end the homestand now under five hundred. Now you you gained a couple right. of games. You're minus three now. You're minus one. But given as bad as they've been on the road, and the fact that I think when you look at the layout of this upcoming trip. While there are some winnable games, it's it's also no picnic with with a couple of back to backs and some afternoon games involved here as well. I mean, th this is not just as much as the Warriors keep acting like they can flip the switch. There's been times where we're waiting for them to flip it, and and they either can't or for whatever reason have just not the like it, it to me. And there's a lot to get to, but the the lack of purpose. And intensity that the Warriors played the game against Phoenix with was was alarming, considering how how purposeful they played the first, let's say, four or five games of the home. Now, to me, were, did they have their guys back and they thought they could let up or did they expend so much energy in the first five games that they just didn't have the ability to to compete like they competed their ass off against Memphis and Charlotte and Utah right. and Portland and Atlanta. There there were parts of all five of those games where it looked like the Warriors may lose the game and and maybe because they weren't on that night the better team, but they always kept competing in the game. And last night there was just no competitive juice at all, really, until they got down 27. And at that point, you get down 27 right. late in the third quarter, you're, you're probably not coming back even against a depleted team. And, and the Warriors still you know, proved to be too much. I think they got as close as nine or 10, and, and that was about it. Well, and the other thing, JD, you know, I'm watching the Warriors last night, and they looked. To me, they looked like they looked like a team that the Warriors used to always scoff at. And what I mean by that is they took they they were a three point shooting team that shot okay. Their defense is absolutely positively deplorable. It really is, JD, to let that team score as many points as they scored last night. That team, see, that's that's a switch that. And and obviously they they turned up the heat in the you know last eight nine minutes of the game, but you know this is where I, I push back on well Clay's back and and Draymond's having a great year and well you know what Draymond's not having a great year Draymond's been good but defensively if you look at their entire starting five 
who's playing defense as well as they have last year? I don't think anybody, not even Curry. Remember last year we are talking about Curry's defense. It was good. Good for him. Probably one of the better years. He's not been good on defense. Clay's not been good. Draymond, I think, is showing us that. He's not going to be able to put together long stretches of intense games. So I, I don't know. I mean, the only thing, J.D., there's two things to me that people are relying on, and both of them are, are uh, not tangible. And one is, well, they did it last year, so they'll do it this year. They can do it this year. Well, I don't buy that. I mean, I'll give them championship pedigree. You must. But they're not going to do it just because they did it last year. And, and we can get into what fell into place and what didn't last year. And then the other thing that I think is giving people a false sense of security is the fact that, you know, everybody's bunched up around 500 in the West. And so, well, no harm, no foul. Well, it's starting to become a little separation now up, up at four. And, you know, people forget they were a third seed last year. Yes. Not a six. You know what I mean? They yeah, were a third a... seed. They won 53 games. They ain't getting near 53 this year. No, there, there's a little bit of revisionist history to what the Warriors did, almost in a way making them a bigger underdog at times than they really were. I mean, to your point about being 30 and 11 at the halfway mark versus 20 and 21 this year, I mean, I think that's very much in, in play as far as that goes. And, and, and this is just a different team than, than right. last year's team was. And JD, and, they're not as good. No, they're not they're as 20 good. and 21. And last year's team was 30 and 11. They're not, they're not even in the same ballpark. No. And, and it just, you know, that team, and, and I, I keep coming back to this, they showed us how good they could be. Right. And this Warriors team has yet to show us how good they can be. I think their best stretch at any point was 10 and four. And and it was just, I mean, all right, well, you know what? There's a lot of teams that go 10 and four. Utah and Portland were both 10 and four at, at points at the very beginning of, of this right. year. You know, and now they're both under 500 right there, basically with the Warriors. I think as far as the standings go, I, I think that in some ways you can look at it as, okay, it's wide open, da, da, da. I think it's actually the Warriors 20 and 21 I think it's a worse 20 and 21. Like I think you can make the case because the rest of the West is so mediocre mm. all the way down. Like sometimes that gets mischaracterized as all these teams are really good. Actually, no. I think it's all these teams are mediocre and they beat each other and they lose to teams that are worse than them. And and they sometimes they might beat a team that's in that that higher tier here and there. And I, I think the the fact that it's all bunched up makes the 20 and 21 like if if there were some better teams at the top and and really some better teams you know five through eight in the west more established teams i think the warriors would be in they'd be in worse shape but but they'd be in worse shape because their 20 and 21 wouldn't even be as good as it is because right because they'd be farther down in the in the pecking order so i i think even that is a little bit of a of a misnomer steiny yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching last night's game and it's so, you know, they, they, they used to walk a perfect balance of three point shooting and then spreading the floor enough where they got so many easy baskets at the rim. I saw a three point shooting team. That's how, you know, they're, they're so guard oriented right now. It is unbelievable without Wiggins being Wiggins. 
And so I'm looking at a team. They got three guards. They got Curry, Poole, and Clay, and they're trying to shoot them to victory on nights when they don't play defense. And, you know, you look at those three guys' numbers last night, they didn't shoot great, but they weren't bad. Their three-point percentage, I want to say combined, was pretty darn good. I think it's a game they win most of the time. But yeah, I'm, their defense is awful, awful. And how's that going to get better? That, to me, is age. That, to me, is is just – it's it's – it's proof that they're not going to be able to be great defensively in as long of stretches as they've been in the past. And they just don't have a lot of margin for error. You know, it's like when people say, well, when I'll say, well, you know, Draymond Green's defense has slipped. Okay, well, he's still a great defender. Yeah, he's still very good. He's still above average. There's no doubt about it. But he's not great. He's had great games. But what I'm getting at is is his slip from an A plus defender to a B B plus defender that hurts. That's a that's a bucket here and there maybe, and you start doing that for everybody, and you realize winning if they're giving up 120 points a night, their defense is like fifth worst in the league. The only teams worst defensively are the Lakers, the Spurs, and then uh, Orlando, Detroit. So the three worst teams in the league outside Houston have worse defenses and then the Lakers. So, I mean, it's halfway through the season. Right. Where's the switch? What makes you believe there is one? No, I I think that's – to me, they're – I'm having a hard time believing there is one at at this point. And and And, I think – yeah, you know, real quick, here's the other thing, J.D., and you – this is – I want to expand on the thing that you talked about. Okay, well – you know, quietly now, what? Kaminga and Wiseman have missed a couple weeks. All right, so hopefully they come back during well, the road trip. But guess the what? They probably won't be as good as they were when they left. And then they're going to play less minutes. And and you you have to prepare for Kaminga and Wiseman not being as good as they were when they got hurt. It's they they have they, their balance is so tenuous. Well, as far as Kaminga and Wiseman, I mean, I, I think we need to prepare ourselves for the fact that that Wiseman now, whenever he comes back, he's just going to be a non-factor again because it's taken him so long and so many reps over time to just be even a small factor that you can't tell me that him not playing for two or three weeks, however long it winds up being, means that he's able to step in and just be a, a member of the rotation again. I mean, he was a small member of the rotation for basically three games. I mean, let's right. let's not get carried away with his impact. Now, I do think Kaminga can ha- make more of an impact, but Kaminga is going to be playing less now than he had been playing when the Warriors were were so banged up and, and depleted. So you know, he's going to have to fit his game in into that proverbial box that we always talk about of you know not having the freedom to go out there and make as as many mistakes. And I think you know that's the other part of this too is you know, it's the adjustment of all right, Curry and Wiggins by the end of the game against Phoenix, I think, had knocked some rust off. So they're 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 maybe ready to go now on a little bit of a run themselves, let's say, as the Warriors get on the road. But there's still the adjustment of Jordan Poole's got to now figure out how to be a bench player again. And Steve Kerr now has to figure out who the nine players he's going to play and how he's going to play them again. It's, it's almost in, in a lot of ways like starting over 
for the Warriors as you know, right in the middle of the season. And it feels like there's been three or four different times where the Warriors have had to start over. And every time they do, they wind up taking some losses along the way that cost them to the tune of now being halfway through the year and, and being a, a game under 500. So, so I, I don't think that's necessarily going to be easy to, to just turn around without, again, a, a cost. And I start looking at this road trip and, you know, there are winnable games on the road trip. There, there's no question. But when you look at the fact that, and this is where I think the five and three was just not good enough on the homestand, you're going to your play in San Antonio with 60,000 people in the Alamo Dome. That's not your ordinary playing one of the worst teams in the league kind of games. It's a nationally televised game. You know the Spurs are going to have extra juice. It's just going to be different. There's going to be right. more attention on that game than there would be if the Warriors were just strolling in on January 13th to San Antonio and the Spurs are one of the worst teams in the league and, and nobody's really paying attention. Nobody's paying attention to that game. You look up at the end of the night, oh, Warriors won 113-98. to 98. Like, no, Of course they did because they're the Warriors right. and the Spurs are the Spurs. I'm not, I'm not saying the Warriors are not going to win that game. They, they should go in there and win that game anyway. But but I feel like that game's going to take a little bit more of a toll than a normal San Antonio game would, even if you're getting the win. Then you've got an afternoon game against the Bulls. So you're going from San Antonio to Chicago Friday night, and you've got an afternoon game against the Bulls on Sunday. So you're not even getting a full 48 hours in between games. It's closer to about 36. And so then you're playing the Bulls. And then you're going to Washington, and it's a back-to-back, but it's it's two day games. It's two afternoon games. Yep. The MLK holiday, and then you're staying over. And those, by the way, are the three most winnable games on the homestand. Then you're staying over because you're going to the White House right. for the first time since 2016. And so that's a day where, sure, it's great. It's it's celebratory and and there isn't a lot you got to do but you're you're out of that normal routine again then you're going to boston and you're going to have a practice day in boston and the celtics are going to be all wound up because you just kicked their ass at chase you beat them in the finals last year and so that game's going to have some added juice to it and then you got a back-to-back at cleveland who's been one of the better teams in the in the eastern conference to this point and one of the better teams at home in the eastern conference to this point and that's the second of a back-to-back in the fifth game in eight and one that maybe you would even look at ahead of time and think yeah you know what that might be a game where the warriors might give you know some guys a night off but how can you give some guys the night off if you're if you're you know, two and two or one and three in the first four let's say because you slip up and you lose you know maybe in Chicago or something like worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart cart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah. I mean, how many games is Clay going to play of the five? Three? 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 Yeah. Or four? Probably three. Probably three. I mean, the Monday game in the afternoon is going to be brutal for him. I got to believe. 
Um, so, and, and that's the other thing that we're talking about here too, JD, is, you know, when you're, and they have to load manage, but when you load manage as much as they have to load manage clay, that also messes with your continuity. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Curry sits a game on this trip. And and what, what, the, what the message is, is they, they, they really do think that, I mean, it's becoming more and more clear they really, it's not that they don't care about the regular season, but they, they almost are forced not to care about it because the entire goal is to get everybody ready for March and April. Well, they cared like, about it the first five games of right. the homestand. And then, right, they just can't beat anybody by showing up anymore. They, they got to win games. You know, they, they got to they gotta win games. And you know what? Say what you want about last night's game. You know what? That's a game they, they would have come back and won yeah. during, the, during the dynasty run. They would have. They would have. And not only that, not only that, the Suns, like the, the Warriors could they, – they, I know they were down 27, but they had tons of chances in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Phoenix turned – Phoenix turned it over 22 times and won at Chase Center. I mean, you got to be kidding me. That's ridiculous. Yeah, they didn't have a point guard down the stretch. They basically were playing without a point guard <sighs> and and didn't put anybody on the floor. And the Warriors started pressing them and, you know, picking up full court. And it was – I mean, they couldn't get the ball over half court. Like, it, it, it got to a I point know. where – I mean, it looked like – I mean, there were three, four turnovers in a row, it seemed like, and and the Warriors uh, had a couple of more that I, I think the Suns might have got bailed out on a couple of quick foul calls, uh, you know, at, in that moment that put them on the free throw line and prevented it from from getting even more dicey. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was that was a game that, that you're right. Even last year, I feel like the Warriors would have come back if they had been semi-hole and won that game – and you know, if we would have been they, like, oh, right. they oh, wouldn't oh, have gotten down. They wouldn't have gotten down twenty-seven. They would only gotten down nineteen. Yeah, and you win, but they would have come back and won, right? Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and some exactly. you know, Poole would have done something late, or Curry would have done something late, or Clay would have done something late. And the story, and you're right, this is reminiscent of the the heyday. The story at that point wouldn't have been that they got down twenty to right. the Suns without you know their top four their top five players the story would have been oh my god what did Curry look at what Curry did late look at what Poole did late look at what Clay did late he hit this ama- amazing shot or made this amazing play right. or glared at somebody some way and that would have been the story oh ha ha sons you guys stink uh demoralized you again and now you know it the Warriors are just not good enough to make any of that happen no no they're not I mean look they're 20 and 21 and you know, it's it's so easy to say, well, look, they did it last year. But this is where, you know, I, to me, you, you got to look at it f- deeper than that. You know, they things fell into place. It doesn't mean they were lucky. It doesn't mean they didn't deserve it. But for whatever reason, when the playoffs came around, everybody was healthy. And they gelled. And I think a big part of the reason they gelled was because Wiggins was so easily uh, integrated in a way. But, but, but JD, you know, then they, you know, whatever, they get Memphis and Ja gets hurt. Denver, they're getting without Murray and Porter. Then they end up getting Dallas when they had no right getting Dallas. Then they get Boston, who just wasn't quite ready. Again, not taking nothing away from the Warriors, but everything fell into place and this year they're not as good. So unless something changes in the second half, 
I, I don't believe they can go 43 and 39 and win it all. I don't. No, I, I and I don't either. And I think it, it what it comes down to to me is is just the fact that I, I, it, it just if this team is whole, I'll put it this way. If this team is whole, what what's the ceiling for this? Like if, if you, you know, what what is if you're saying they've got the five starters and Jordan Poole and let's say DiVincenzo and maybe Kaminga and Lamb are eight and nine, because that's really what it is going to probably be. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, honestly, you know, if they, if they got to the finals, I think that would be a heck of a heck of a season or heck. It, it would end up being a heck of a run too. And I think they can make a run. Like, here's the other thing. I, I think they can, you know, if they were, let's say the six seed and, and, all right, playoff start. They're, they get their way to the six seed. They win forty three games or whatever. That's good enough this year to be the six. And and they end up playing, let's say Memphis in the first round. Let's just you know, just hype right. that. The Warriors could dial it up and beat Memphis. They could. They could beat Memphis. Maybe they're a little bit in their head. They could. They could win that series. But I'll tell you right now, that series is going six or seven games. If the Warriors win it, at least six games. Right. <laughs> you know, if not seven. And so you're talking about winning an emotional, hard-fought. Like, it wouldn't be easy if the Warriors beat them. They might beat them. Right. And then you're talking about, okay, well, you're going and you're playing Denver now, a better version of Denver than, than you got last year. And it's like, well, could you could you beat Denver at that point? And, and the answer is yes, you, you probably could, but you're going to have less of a shot at beating Denver in a second round series after you just played a six or a seven game series against a team like Memphis than you would have last year in the first round when they didn't have two of their top three players. And now you're talking about more road games and it's not that they can't win on the road because we all know they can win on the road, but can you win twice on the road where you used to maybe only have to win once in a series on the road because now you don't have home court advantage. And let's say even if you do that, then, then who's waiting for you on the back end? You know, then is it is it maybe a Phoenix team that gets it together at some point and is whole? You know, who who's left on the other end of that? You know, to to play. You know, is it a is it an upstart Pelicans or whatever? And even if you can make a run, to me, it, to win four series with the core group having to do it again and work even harder than they did last year after working even harder in the regular season than they did last year, having less support from the role players than they're going to have compared to last year. Like, I just, I, I think it's too tall of an ask unless they give themselves some semblance of, of, of breathing room or separation or just proof that this team can play at a high. Like, I want to, I want to know if this team can play 15 and five over a 20 game stretch. Because I'm I'm not sure they can. Like even the team two years ago showed us they could be fifteen and five down the stretch. This team hasn't even shown that they can do that as as they're currently constituted. Before we get out of here, I want to ask you about Igadala. What have you made of Igadala? Just the the mystery return. At, like, oh, all of a sudden Igadala's back. I thought that was weird. And and I'll be honest with you, I don't see it. As far as, you know, you get down to the press conference afterwards and it's like, oh, Iguodala's in the mix and Iguodala's a factor. Like, to me, Iguodala's been a non-factor in two games. Right. And he almost feels a little bit like a sacred cow, Steiny, to use one of your your favorite <laughs> your your favorite terms. Just immune from any kind of criticism. 
because he's Andre Iguodala. Even though he didn't play well, he gets ejected for throwing the ball into the stands, which is an automatic ejection. Like, right. Iguodala's playing like a dude that belongs on the Clippers right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, he did kind of come back out of nowhere, and, and it's it's impossible not to try to connect a dot among Iguodala and then Ty Jerome and Lamb. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, those guys are coming up on 50. I mean, they got some time, obviously, but, I mean, you, you – I think they realize they can't waste the roster spot. If if Iguodala cannot play, they must replace him. I think is what they're saying, what they're thinking. And so I think they've said to Andre, "Look, give give us January, see what you can do before the trade deadline." Because not that he would be traded, but you could be working with thirteen spots in your mind if you're moving on from Iguodala. You think you think they'd cut him? To, yeah. I mean, he, if they cut him, I they, do. they pay him, sure. and obviously he could stick around to be a coach. He'd get sure. his he'd get his money, but it would also free up a roster spot to where I just don't. I mean, I, I'm I'm finding it, and look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I wear this in a couple of months, but I'm finding it hard to believe that Igadala is going to be any kind of a factor when we start talking about all right, your bench is Pool and Divincenzo right. and Igadala as the like. I just don't. I, I just don't I know. see it. And, it. and it seems like he can only play 10 minutes a game, even right. even at that right now. And again, I don't think he's playing that well. So the whole thing was odd, and it did make me wonder, kind of along the lines of what you said, did he come back maybe to, to, to give him a shot to where they could still do something with the roster, maybe involving him, if he doesn't have enough left in the tank? Or maybe if he just deems, you know what, I don't have right. enough to, to finish uh, out, out this season. All right, Steiny, we'll call it on that note. Good stuff. All right, man. Again next week, we'll see how this road trip goes. Yes, sir. It should be interesting. All right, for Steiny, I'm JD. Right, 957 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.